AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. You are listening to Waiting on Reparations, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey! Hey! What's good, people? What's happening? My name is Dope Knife. I'm Lingo Franca. And we are... Waiting on reparations. Are you waiting on me? Were you waiting on me? Yeah, I was like glancing at you. We're going to get it. We're going to get... This is like super weird. It's like we had a... Five months of being in perfect synergy, and then all of a sudden we fell off and we can't. Hey get yo, it hey yo, we on some Simone Biles shit. We just like yeah, the top of real. our game, inventing moves ain't nobody ever seen before. And then you get up there, Tokyo, get the twisties a little bit. Hey, it happens. But, it happens. And then you just gotta, you just gotta be like, yo, I gotta take a step back. You know, I know what I'm if- the greatest, but. Yeah, so shit happens sometimes, bruh. So. Michael Jordan took two years off to go chill. Well, he played baseball. But you know what I'm saying. It yeah. happens. It happens. Whatever the reason. Did he make Space Jam is. during that time? No, I don't think so. He made Space okay. Jam, I think, like after he came back, like the year after cool. or something like that. Um, what's going on with you? How you doing? I'm great. I am uh, thriving. Uh, I am uh, not excited about this eviction moratorium expiring, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in a bit. No but um, from a local perspective, my colleague, my comrade, Commissioner Tim Denson, has been working on an eviction protection program that actually protects both renters and landlords. And he's been working on it since last December. And the moderates oh. on the com- 
He, he, he foresaw it coming? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He saw the shit coming way, way. It's been working on it since December. Uh, the moderates on the commission who just hate the left because we are young and, like, socialists or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just stonewalled it, stonewalled it, stonewalled it for months. And now we got, you know, like, 40, I think, pending evictions in the magistrate court at least. Not including all the ones that are about to get filed now. And it's just like, y'all think this isn't a game. Y'all think this is a game? This is not a game. This is people's so, lives, man. So is there is there any uh, chance of us, of people like fighting for, to get it just kind of like permanently in place in some manner or form? Because I feel like we've been talking about this coming up and then it got extended and then it's coming up again. It seems like, you know, we're in an economic state where we might need that to kind of be indefinite until further notice type of we shit. Just need, you know? Well, what we need to do is a federal housing guarantee mm-hmm. and just, you know, it'd be far cheaper probably for us to just house everyone than to like fund the magistrate court's operation of eviction proceedings and like and and pay for you know the like substance abuse issues of the homeless because one day somebody loses a job and they lose their car then they lose their house and now they're living in a camp somewhere like you know i yes it would be dope if there was just like Let's maybe not evict people, but exactly. you have to balance out the private market with public forces, I think. I mean, in a mixed economy like ours. And so, so just are you, make it uh, so like, you know. Are you contributing at all to what homie's working on as far as the. Uh- oh, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been uh, I've attended, you know, meetings with the folks in other municipalities that have piloted similar programs. The program works that um, like if you get an eviction proceeding filed against you in magistrate court. Uh, magistrate court sends you a letter and says, "Yo, there's this program you can get take you can like take part in. You know, we call it Project Reset, where we'll pay off part of your back rent if your landlord agrees not to kick you out. And it works out for both parties because the landlord in an eviction proceeding they don't get shit. They get to legally kick you out of the house, but they, but they don't, don't get, get they don't money. get any they don't money. Get any of it back. They, they don't, don't get, get any yeah. money back. And so, and obviously, we're trying to keep renters housed." And so if you're a landlord, like, okay, my options are kick this person out and get no money or let this person stay and get like 80% of what I'm owed back. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe you might get it all. Maybe you get it all back. Yeah. yeah. And so and so people who were like, oh, what about the landlord? It's like, I personally don't really shit about landlords, like for the most part, but we look, we're looking out for them too. Yeah. And so we did all this work to make it happen. And it still ain't, you know, we just got to... It's still like popping. It's really annoying. It's really annoying. But anyway, that's what my, that's what's going on in my world. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, those and other current events shortly. What's popping in your world? What's good? How's the studio? Oh, the studio's fine. I have been practically sleeping in there for the past week. Hell just yeah! Cooking up some stuff. I mean, you know, it's always it's always weird to talk about my like musical stuff after. You know, you're actually helping people and, and doing things, helping people I ain't and stuff got like shit, that. Bro. I barely even rap on the show half the time. <laughs> well, I mean, my priorities uh, are all mixed up. The big thing right now is the show with Afro Man coming up on Wednesday at Victory North in Savannah, Georgia. But yeah, you know, just doing that, trying to promote it, getting back in the promotion games. I kind of yeah. had to slow down on some of the booking that I'd been doing mm-hmm. just because. I just want to see where COVID's at. I got a little too excited when stuff started opening up. Yeah, I know. It really hit me this week that I was like, 
for a couple months, maybe since, pretty much since I got vaccinated back in like April or whatever, I was like, it's a whole new world. Mm-hmm. And like very like. That and Delta then the, was like, nah, and, nigga. And this week it really hit me like, ah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, because Savannah actually, they y'all just got a mask mandate. In yeah, place, we got right? we got yeah. a mask mandate in place. Um, I I guess is Georgia a hot spot at this point? Fucking practice, probably. I mean, pra- like, you, know, you know, like I, I pretty I had um I had a some sort of show at least once you know for for each for at least once of the next you know three months I had at least one show booked in Savannah, and now you know. I'm just looking down the line. I have no idea what's going to happen with those. So I was just like, skirt, stop booking anymore and just kind of try to wait it out. But in the meantime, you know, I got this new studio, so I am definitely wearing it the fuck out. I think yeah. I need to get a new Why mic. Why leave? Fuck it. <laughs> For real. Yeah. But um, we have a uh, pretty exciting show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about a m- couple of different topics, but it's all going to be capped off with an interview with who are we talking to? Um, a colleague of mine, a colleague in the movement. We don't like not office mates or anything, but like kindred spirits as organizers. Um, by the name of Jasmine, who is a, a organizer with the Def- Defund Atlanta. Uh, what's it called? Sorry, I gotta say this right. Defund APD, f- refund communities, like working group within the Atlanta Democratic Socialists of America. So pretty much, these are the de- like the, the the defund people of of Atlanta. Um, like their main bitch Word. is on the show to, on, on the Word. show this week to chat chat with us about their campaign to stop Cop City. This whole thing, I swear to God, like it feels like when we even talked about it last time we talked, it sounds like a movie. Like it's like cartoonishly <laughs> villainish, villain, villainous. What they're trying to do, and actually, you said it actually was a movie one time. Like this yeah, exact I mean, thing was kind a- of the plot of a film. There's a movie, uh, 1997, it's called Copland. It's with uh, Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro. It's got a bunch of those, you know, like, white actor dudes in it. It's it's a really good movie, but it's about a uh, town that is populated by a local police department. So it's like they own businesses there. They all have houses there. It's like a suburb that's hidden away and it's kind of closed off from the rest of the city, but you know, kind of, kind of in line with what you're talking about. Obviously, it's got Sylvester Stallone in it, so stuff starts blowing up and people start getting shot. But you know, that might not be too far away from the might reality not be too of the situation. Far from the reality of Cop City, but yeah, we're gonna talk to Jasmine Madark about what's going on with the Stop Cop City movement in Atlanta. We're also gonna talk about the men's fencing team in the Olympics, the Olympics in general. And, gonna, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, all yeah. kinds of stuff after the jump. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. 
You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Okay, so we are back, and the first topic we're going to talk about is a topic that I don't think either one of us really wants to talk about, because I don't think we really care about this shit that much. I don't want to, I hate giving any kind of air oxygen to dumb shit. Yeah, you know. And I don't really take a lot of joy in participating in pylons on people that aren't, like, lawmakers. Like, yeah, if you just a nigga that just make raps, like, <laughs> I'm just, you know, I just, you're, I, I'll let you live. So we're talking about the baby. The North Carolina rap sensation has been in a little bit of trouble this past few days. Or is it a week or weeks? Yeah, I don't even fucking know. Anyway, this nigga was performing at Rolling Loud got on stage and went on a huge homophobic rant against the LGBTQ and HIV AIDS community. One of his fashion collaborators, Boohoo Man Men's Clothing, has stated that they won't be working with him anymore or in the future. And after first brushing it aside, oh, oh, I forgot. He also uh, was dropped from performing at the Park Life Festival that's going to go down in September. Yeah, he got he got dropped from Lollapalooza, mm. from Day in Vegas, mm. like uh, Governor's Ball in New York. Mm. He got he got dropped from a ton of different shit. Oh, you can ball if you want to, but... Mm, Ooh, mm. but... So, um, after brushing it aside and the, the backlash and then even doubling down for a little bit, he has since formally apologized. That was today. He uh, issued the statement, I want to apologize to the LGBTQ community, LGBTQ plus community, for the hurtful and triggering comments I made. Again, I apologize for the misinformed comments about HIV AIDS. I know education on this is important. So, yeah, in the, in the interim, in between his initial statement and that latter statement, 
He tried to like cover his ass by saying that his my gay fans aren't junkies like the rest of the gay community. Like he kind of, he doubled down in a weird way where he was like trying to cover trying to cover his ass, but just yeah. kept saying worse digging, things. Digging a bigger hole. Digging a bigger hole, and then and then his publicist clearly wrote this uh, apology statement for him because I don't believe for a fucking second. These, he like sat down with his journal in, we the, mo- in the moonlight and was like <laughs> in the depths of his soul. Like, hmm. I mean, we were talking before we started recording, but it's like, I don't know why these just celebrities or like famous figures go the route of the the PR statement issue the Instagram statement. like I mean yeah you might as well just get on camera and say some shit it's like people might still not even believe you you know you might be a bad liar or a bad actor or maybe just people have something against you and they don't take your word for it or whatever but it's more believable than just some statement that you clearly didn't write you know what I mean yeah but I guess, I mean, it's better than him speaking from the heart, apparently, because every time he speaks from the fucking heart, <laughs> he's dropped from another festival. That's true. Uh, he <sighs> he uh, added, social media moves fast. Uh, so, social media moves so fast that people want to demolish you before you even had the opportunity to grow, educate, and learn from your mistakes. As a man who had to make his way from very difficult circumstances, having people I know publicly work against me, Knowing that what I needed was education on these topics and guidance has been challenging. To which I say, this dude is 29 years old. Nigga, you was an adult. Like, I mean, like, we're not even talking about, we're not talking about, like, the fucking square root of some shit. You know what I mean? Like, this is just, I don't know. These guys are funny. If, If you listen to the dude's music and then, like, you're shocked... You know what I mean? I'm not saying pass any judgment or anything. It's not passing any judgment, but it's just like this all kind of seems in line with the shit that he does, you know. So, I mean. Yeah. I mean, I do think there it does speak to a lack of education around HIV and AIDS in the in the in the in the community at large. I think there's a lot of misconceptions and myths that still circulate to this day. Though medicine has made it such that you know, for uh, some swaths of the populace impacted by um, the disease, like you know, it's it's manageable. It's we've, we, we, uh, some of some of the early you know early stigmas around it have faded away with some sorts of education. But like like but there's still a lot of people. Still, there is still a lot of stuff that people don't understand about it, and a lot of, a lot more awareness raising to be done. That being said, I, just keep your fucking mouth shut yeah. about shit you don't know about. I mean, period. For, it's really not me, that hard. That's even. I think that's given the benefit of the doubt, or not given the benefit of the doubt. I don't want to say that's what you're doing, but it's just I don't know. I I don't I don't want to take I don't want to take it that easy on him because it's like the way I look at it is he wouldn't have gone if there was some crew there that you know, like he just there's just. He wouldn't have gone on there and just said that about any old body. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he picked those communities because he thought that he could say some shit and get away with it. Which you can. I mean, he's still rich. He's still doing his shit. He still has his fans and the people who dig him. But, like, you can't use, oh, I wasn't educated about HIV and AIDS. 
in the LGBT community enough to know that I shouldn't get on stage in front of like 20,000 people and just like this motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or if you want to do it, then be about it. You know what I mean? Fucking, and, and, yeah, and don't be don't a bitch about it. Yeah, don't be a little bitch. If, if that's the case. Yeah. I don't know. But enough of these funny style niggas. Let's, let's talk about like something I, more I, important. I mean, this is a crazy amount of cancel culture cascading down on this man, though. It's almost comically so. I mean, but, but like, that depends think... on what your definition of cancel culture oh, is. I don't because sh- I, I, I define it as consequences. This is just what should yeah. happen to you if you're a dumbass in public. Um, but I mean, people. Don't I'm gonna remember like- an another example that was like this in recent memory. I guess, I guess you know what the difference is. We haven't had music festivals in a year and a half. I mean, the for thing, people look, to get pulled off the lineup. Of. I, for- I forget the dude's name. I don't feel like looking it up. But there was a country singer guy. Like not too long ago, just a few months ago, who they TMZ caught him saying the N word going into his uh, his driveway. This wasn't at like a concert in front of twenty thousand people. He was saying the N word going into his driveway. They took his shit off the Spotify. They fucking canceled his shit. He lost yeah. this. He lost that. And it happened. And the whole lesson of it is: say what you're gonna say, but people are allowed to react how they're gonna react. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's locking the baby in jail. Nobody nobody is is saying, hey, you're not allowed to make music anymore. The venues that still want to fuck with you will fuck with you. The fans that still want to fuck with you will fuck with you. And the people that don't, won't. If that number of people that no longer want to fuck with you is greater than the people that do want to fuck with you, then sorry, but you lost some dough. You lost some dough. That's just just what it comes down to. That's just how it be out here, yeah. All right, let's talk about more important things. Let's talk about more important things. Let's move on to look at another kind of backlash that another dumbass is facing. (laughs) Black voting rights leaders are getting fed up with uh, President Joe Biden's failure to deliver on uh, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act and other pieces of legislation, which crucially hinge upon abolition of the filibuster. So, um, LaSasha Brown and Cliff Albright, both founders of the Black Voters Matter organization have spoken out uh against biden given their the you know his his failure to just fucking buck up and scare the shit out of people like cinema and mansion that like just are standing in the way right so latasha brown said there's always this air that in some way that black americans are supposed to wait Oftentimes when we're engaged in this process, it's a sense of urgency of what we need when there's an election. But then once there's a result, it seems that our issues are always put on the back burner. Cliff Albright went on to say, and these are both um, reported by NPR, that Biden lied when he said he would have the backs of black Americans. And I laughed because it's like, yeah, nigga, you surprised kind of what happened. I don't like what I don't know what you I don't know what you guys thought was going to happen. <laughs> On some of these issues, I think I'm kind of of two minds and I think one of them might be a bit opposed to what your your thinking is on this. I want to see, but I don't think that this is comparable to like Obama having the house and the Senate and the White House and not getting shit done or using what Republican obstruction there was to make excuses to not move because the Democrats are kind of Republican light and don't want to do certain shit anyway. I think this is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think all of that could still be going on, but as far as like obstruction, I think the Republicans are on crack with their shit right now. 
That's and true. That's obviously, true. cinema and mansion aren't helping. That's obvious. But I, I just, I just, I just don't think it can be overlooked, especially this early on in the presidency. And I know, you know, uh, there was an NPR article that you know we had that we read for uh, some of the background for this story. And um, you know, you had uh, Al Sharpton made a pretty good point where it's like. It's obviously it's hard to. I'm paraphrasing. He was saying obviously it's hard to to make a judgment on something like this six months into a presidency. But the next thing you know, it'll be eight months. The next thing you know, it'll be ten months. The next thing you know, it'll be the midterm. At what point will it be fair to criticize? Totally understand. And I'm not even. I'm not sitting here saying that no one should criticize or even advocating. You know, like giving them the benefit of the doubt or understanding you know i'm just saying that me surveying the shit that's just the aspect of it that i personally can't overlook or downplay to any degree you know that the republicans have completely lost the plot uh a a poll came out recently that over 60 percent of these motherfuckers are like ready to give up democracy like 63 percent of them believe that voting is a privilege that can be taken away you know what i'm saying like yeah. they're they're just you know and we're not we're talking about from the tippy top of the party down to like the mom and pop voter they're just the majority of them have lost all interest in the american project and because of that i'm at the very least understanding to the predicament that the democrats are in with trying to get some stuff done before the midterm so people have a reason to come back out yeah i guess i mean we all do what we was within our power to do and so as organizers on the ground because this whole thing has come out of particularly a sense that you know i think the particular statement that in washington insiders had made people in the white house when asked what are we gonna do about voting rights their response that, oh, well, we can just out-organize them. Like, Kamala Harris saying the Dem- like Democratic Party is going to donate, like, $25 million towards, like, voter outreach or production efforts or whatever. And kind of admitting that, like, yeah, we're not going to actually change any of the laws like we said we would when we asked you to vote for us, but we'll put it back on y'all to keep on knocking on doors and making phone calls and, like, doing your voter registration drive. Nigga, we did that all day. <laughs> so, nigga, we did that to get you in there because you were going to take, we're going to pass the baton to you and you're going to fix the shit the rest of the way. And they're just like saying, y'all are going to keep doing the work, right? Um, and so uh, there's a little frustration with that. But we all do this in our power, you know, as organizers on the ground, we knock on doors and we get volunteers to knock on doors and we, you know, print the little flyers and hold do the little rallies. you think do more? Oh, no. Oh, no. I think we're, no, this is what I'm going to, this is what I'm saying. I think we've hit our capacity as, like, having, like, worked the runoffs here in Georgia, like, last, you know, in January. Like, I don't think there's anything more we can do. And in, in beyond that, I think everybody who busts their ass... To, to make it happen, half those kids, half those people are burnt out and won't be coming back next time, regardless, because they gave their souls yeah. to the to the initiative of you know taking back the Senate. And so it's like, if they don't, there's no like, oh, we'll just give you more money. It's like money to train who, like you you killed off half the organizers that we had out here on the ground. Yeah, like. Emotional, like emotionally dead into them, psychologically scarred them with how hard we worked to get the Senate, and then y'all didn't do anything with it. And so, I say this because 
We all do what we can. We do the be- best we can. Organizers here in Georgia with the Senate runoff for electing Ossoff and Hornock busted ass. I would, I mean, I would expect Joe Biden to like try to scare Joe Manchin a little harder. Like, I want every, I want all my supporters to show up at his office in West Virginia yeah. and like let let him know that you know this is not okay. Like, put a little bit of fear in his heart. Well, I mean, something like go ahead and find recruit and like and like fund a, uh, an opponent or something to just scare the shit out of him a little bit instead of just like what whoops well they definitely I guess there's nothing we can do they definitely are pussyfooting about with that shit especially with this particular issue the voting rights issue because i mean the shaving of the margins is gonna matter you know what i'm saying oh, it's like yeah every vote is gonna count I've been I've been pretty vocal on this podcast saying I don't think that the Republicans can be allowed to have power again. So, you know, the the, the if if we just kind if the Democrats kind of just go about the shit with this laissez-faire attitude that it seems like they have. I mean, the lip service is good, but the actions aren't really matching what Biden is saying in terms of how some of these uh, voting restriction bills that they're passing in states is, is uh, going to have an effect on the next election. But that shit's coming. And with that, I, you know, that, that that's the things that's the thing that makes me of two minds about this whole situation, because all this being scared of the filibuster, because what if we do this? Because then if the Republicans get power, then they're going to do that. Or what if we do X and the Republicans get power, then they're going to do that. They're going to do that shit anyway. We're gonna do it by any no means necessary. What. Mark my words. Just the sure Republicans they will, get their will they yeah. will kill the filibuster. The second that they have the chance to, the they will kill the filibuster. The second they have power, and then y'all motherfuckers, and they're going to get it because y'all ain't did shit this Look whole fucking time. What they did with the Supreme Court? Yeah. So stop worrying about what they're gonna do. They're gonna do the worst thing that you are fear. So just chill. Just do what you got to do to get yours. We gotta play dirty sometimes, mm-hmm. but you know, it is what it is. Um, We're going to have to move through this next story kind of quickly so we can not have a crazy time. Yeah, so there's been a lot of thoughts on the Olympics and stories emerging from the Olympics that have swirled about and piqued the interest of the masses. Everything from, you know, what happened with Simone Biles, before the Olympics with Sha'Carri Richardson, um, I think Raven Saunders. There's like this new controversy about this. I don't even know what sport she's in. This is fucked up. But she's a badass. Won some (laughs) shit. Got up on the podium and threw up an X to represent the uh, what was it the uh, the place where the where the oppression where all oppressed people's like struggles intersect or something real fucking cool. Oh, she and, uh, does the thing where they throw the the metal ball. Dan, don't I sound like a stoner right now? <laughs> she does the thing where they throw the metal ball. Yeah, I feel like you're just like pointing out strippers no. in, the, in the club. Like no, which one? Got, is, oh, like that the, bitch! Oh, she heavy... does the thing where she throws the metal ball. <laughs> nah, they, they got the heavy metal ball and they put it to the shot put. The, shot, shot put. My, shot my put. That's shot what it is. That's what it is. Goddamn! I'm playing with you. Well, <laughs> so in addition to this, a story that I found interesting this week from the Olympics. Um, was that the U.S. men's fencing team wore pink face masks to protest their own teammate um, earlier this week. So He was accused uh, of sexual assault for yeah. a 2015-2013 incident. And uh, I guess this all came to light immediately after he was announced to the Olympic team. And so his, the rest of his teammates weren't, weren't fucking with it. 
So, uh, um, at their opening he, match, yeah, sorry. No, he he was suspended. Before we get into that, he was suspended. Um, but I guess it was over. The suspension was overturned, so he was allowed to go back. But due to the protests of his teammates, there were certain concessions that were made. So, for example, he's not allowed to stay in an Olympic Village. He has to stay in a hotel that's nearby. He can't be alone with any female members or team members, and I guess he's like separated just generally from the rest of the team. But go yeah, on to and the so he, first match. Yeah, he like you know he uh, denies the allegations and appeals suspension that would have kept him off the U.S. team. Bruh, why would you put yourself through this? Just go home. Yeah, this is worse embarrassment than if you just been like, I yeah, I fucked up. My B. And now and the. Just, po- the whole point that he's like trying that they were trying to make where it's like oh well he earned this olympic right and shit like that was like now the whole thing is about you and not about the team or you know what i'm saying what you guys are there to represent so you're fucking it up either way ridiculous but shout out to the u.s men's fencing team for holding it down for for women in a show of solidarity they Um, ended up coming in ninth place and lost but um, why you gotta? I'm just I'm delivering the news. That's what happened. That's what they get for being so woke. <laughs> woke. That's what you get. <laughs> nah, but y'all did the right thing. Right, y'all did right the right thing. thing. Just, y'all know, held pra- it down. Practice on the practice on the skills and also whatever. Nah. You don't even know what shot put is. I'm talking about <laughs> telling them, telling them, telling world class fencers to practice on their skills. <laughs> All right. Um, they're so. the ones for, for 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 reference. They're the ones that have the not so pointy swords. A. Yeah. In in twenty forty eight when they when they got uh, competitive rapping in the Olympics, my old ass is gonna be there, and then I can be an Olympian as well. And Nigga gonna be up. You gonna be up there judging. Be elite at what I do. Straight, go nah, straight ra- to the raps. All in the mind. It's not a physical thing. It's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. <laughs> Uh-huh. All no, right. no. All right. We're well, going to take a little break when we <laughs> when we come back. <laughs> we're going to be talking with Jasmine from Dark after the jump. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. So, this week, I'm very excited to chat with Jasmine, who's a member of DARC, which stands for Defund APD, Atlanta Police Department, Refund Communities. It's a campaign run by the Democratic Socialists of America chapter in Atlanta. And they are part of a coalition of people who have been fighting to stop Cop City. So we're going to find out what Cop City is, why it sucks, and uh, how they've been organizing to... uh, to, you know, fight. You know, to fight back against city council and what is, I think, pretty unequivocally a terrible proposal. Horrible. <laughs> first of all, yeah, horrible. First and foremost, Jasmine, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm super excited to talk about this. I think this is such a fascinating campaign. Um, but to start out, just tell us what Cop City is. Yes, so Cop City is a proposal introduced by um, Joy Shepard, who's a city council person for District 12, which is in Southwest Atlanta. Um, She has proposed that the city of Atlanta give away over 300 acres of city owned land um, that is currently a forest to the Atlanta Police Foundation so that they can clear the land and build an $80 million police training facility um, which would include a shooting range, explosives testing, basically a place for them to practice urban warfare tactics, which we know will be used against black people, brown people, and poor people here in the city. Um, it's a direct response to the protests and the uprisings that happened last summer. Um, and so we, you know, we see that city council here in Atlanta is more committed to giving more resources to the police department, um, supporting capitalism and anti-blackness and not really responding to community needs. So this is just one kind of major timely example of their focus on that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that out of the uprising last summer for folks that weren't like directly engaged in it, it seems like the demands were muddled. It's like, huh, from, from like their safe distance and they're like, you know, suburban home or whatever. They're like, it's, People think policing should be better, but we're not sure how. Like, oh, maybe we need to attract better officers and like let them blow up bombs in a fake city in this in this in like the heart of Atlanta that used to be a forest. Um, right. To like make them happy so that policing will be better. When it was like, nah, man, we were like pretty clear about what, what we exactly. were trying to see. We were like pretty clear. If y'all been out in the streets with us, y'all would have heard. Like, we were not really playing around. And the way that that you know gets. Even ideas like reimagining public safety like get twisted to just be like, what, what into whatever you want, whatever justification you need for expanding the you know military police 
prison industrial exactly. complex, the carceral state that we live in. And we're seeing, you know, sounds like we're seeing the same thing happen again here. Um, yeah, the, so like, they're very, sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and go I was going to say they're very good at co-opting leftist language. So changing what reimagining public safety should mean, which is abolishing policing as an institution and creating, you know, community controlled, community led um, methods of community safety that center restorative and transformative justice, not putting cops on bikes in communities. Um, And we've had this conversation both in the streets and through public comment and in personal conversations with city council people here in Atlanta. And many of them feign understanding over the phone and then get right back into their offices and continue to cause chaos. So I, yeah, I'm not lending them any ignorance anymore because we've explained it multiple times and in very clear language, they're just politically opposed to the concepts at this point. Yeah, very clearly. And even, and opposed to not only the concepts, but like the, the community engagement aspect, that's been very interesting to watch from a distance. So what has, um, well, I guess tell us a little bit about what your y'all's organizing has looked like, and then we'll get into um, how uh, the Atlanta City Council has responded. So what? So for sure. Dark, what has organizing around this? And I guess the broad, there's a broad coalition of people under the Defend the Atlanta Forest uh, banner doing this mm-hmm. work. So for y'all or whatever coalitions you've been working with, what has organizing um, looked like? Yeah, so for Dark specifically, we entered the month of June really focused on um, a Not Our Budget campaign, pushing for city council to divest from policing and adopt a set of demands that would, you know, create a pathway towards abolition here in the city. And on the same day that city council actually voted to increase the police budget, once again, ignoring demands and ignoring what residents have been asking for, um, that same day is when Joyce Shepard introduced that ordinance. So we quickly kind of pivoted to figuring out how to organize around this new cop city. Um, And we're fortunate to find a number of similarly minded organizations here in Atlanta. Um, So we are focused primarily on ensuring that cop city is not built, but also centering demands around land back. So the Muscogee Creek, they're the original kind of stewards of that land, which was stolen from them. Um, Reparative justice for the former laborers who were on the prison farm, which is what what used to be located on that land. So essentially, Black laborers were sold into indentured servitude on that farm, and they were forced to labor there. Um, So we want to center restorative justice for the living folks who worked that land and their descendants, um, and also think through in a democratic process, unlike city council, how the land could be used to actually address the needs of existing community members, things like affordable housing, grocery stores, you know, real kind of public goods. Um, And so we've been working with Sunrise Movement and they focus a lot on the environmental justice side of things, because again, this is a forest. Um, And we know that there are implications for when they do these explosives and weapons testing that toxins will impact the residents of the surrounding community in ways that would lead to long-term health damage. Uh, We've been working with community movement builders. They are a um, Black organization in Pittsburgh really rooted in building liberated and self-sustaining Black communities. Um, And they are in the district where Joy Shepard apparently is supposed to be representing the interests of residents, but it's not. Yeah, exactly. 
um, Black Alliance for Peace and um, DSA at large. And so we've all been working together to primarily raise awareness about what's going on. And we do a lot of canvassing and most of the folks we talk to are like, we've never, we didn't know that this was happening. Even the people who live in the neighborhood surrounding where Cop City would be, never heard of it. Um, so raising awareness, really putting pressure on city council to recognize, even if only for their own political interests, that this is not what community wants. So they should prepare to vote no on it when um, it comes up for vote on August 16th. And then we'll be having a series of just community events. Um, so the first one, we'll be having a town hall um, in about a week and a half to combat the open forum session that happened a couple weeks ago where the Atlanta Police Foundation essentially brought folks together to give a presentation, but called it a community meeting, but nobody was allowed to speak. Nobody was allowed to give actual input. So we'll be having our own town hall to show what democracy is actually supposed to look like. Um, and we'll also be having um, a teach-in and a barbecue just to bring community together, talk about the kind of historic context of the land and what it means um, in this current moment as we fight against police brutality and as we fight for abolition. Um, and yeah, we'll have a bunch of series of events essentially just to bring awareness to the topic and to yeah, make it plain that this is not what we want and that there will be repercussions and, and consequences for those who aren't on our side. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the broad coalition that's kind of come together to fight, you know, um, on their on their own turfs, like with Sunrise, sort of focus on the environmental justice aspect of it, um, as well as the variety of kinds of events that have been put on under this banner of Defend the Atlanta Forest. Like, I feel like there's a lot of joy in this movement. Like, there's a lot of there's barbecues and there's like mm -hmm. people's hanging out in the forest, having a good time, enjoying the forest while it's here. Hopefully it doesn't go anywhere. But um, as a part of just raising awareness about what it gives to the city and its inherent value and with land back and with, you know, thinking about uh, atonement and restorative justice around um, slavery and the relationship between slavery and our modern day prison industrial complex. There's just so much packed into uh, this, into this fight. And it's so interesting. Um, there's also, a, there's also like a Hollywood component, if I'm not mistaken, is that still going on? And can you speak yes. to that? Because I was very curious that like, yeah, it's, it could just tell us about that part. Yeah, so Black Hall Studios, they are, I guess, a Hollywood studio that was planning to build um, a facility in the same Entrenchment Creek Park, the same location. They've already destroyed a number of acres of land, but then realized that the land that they destroyed was would not be suitable for what they wanted to build. So they're also looking now to destroy another 200 acres to build a soundstage. Um, and again, they moved similarly to city council, um, pretending that they were having all of these public comment sessions, but really just kind of bulldozing forward with their plans for development. Um, it's, yeah, it's there's a lot going on. There's a lot of capitalism involved in the studio project, as well as the um, the actual, what would be the COP City facility, um, which we know is being funded by the Atlanta Police Foundation, which um, a private entity that receives a lot of money from top companies here in the city of Atlanta and foundations as well. So, yeah, and then that actually, that I think itself has some ties to um, the Atlanta Police Foundation, has some ties to the way that this, um, 
movement against Cop City as being, or or, or the, the the discussion around Cop City is being portrayed in the media, isn't there some sort of link between like the Atlanta Police Foundation and the Atlanta Journal Constitution or something like that? So yes, I believe that. Um, so the facility is also supported by the Atlanta Committee for Progress, which that's includes, what it is. Okay, yeah. yeah, the the Cox Enterprises, which owns the. AJC, so which is then shaping the way, yeah. So like the biggest newspaper in the state of Georgia is also yep. uh, somewhat complicit in shaping the narrative around whose you know whose voices matter in the conversation around Cop City. Uh, exactly. I'm I'm shocked that it's not more coverage of of just the work that y'all are doing, and it's been focused primarily on the debate in City Hall or lack thereof, given yeah. how loath to actually attend and be present you know like be like conscious and consciously present for public comment a lot of the city council folks seem to be yeah the ajc has a history of blocking activists on twitter when they've been called out about their relationship (laughs) i feel like that should be illegal or something that's nuts yo you would think yeah what 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 anyway um how speaking of you know the folks on city council how if at all do you see this fight kind of playing into the races for mayor and city council and city council president that we are in the throes of right now um in regards to like how people are positioning themselves the rhetoric Mm -hmm. people are using around crime generally and things like that so that that's a huge component of i think the transition out of Keisha Lance Bottoms administration and into whatever this new one looks like. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been very critical of um, Keisha Lance Bottoms for rising crime here in the city, um, which largely is a lot of myth making. Um, and the crime that we do see is a direct result, obviously, of exploitation and need, um, given the context of this global pandemic, um, where folks receive very little support from the government. People are you know, housing insecure, food insecure, all of these mechanisms that lead to whatever we consider crime to be. Um, And so they're using that as kind of talking points for why we need a cop facility, why we need more police. We know Joyce Shepard, the the council person that introduced this legislation, has a history of calling the police on people in her own community. Um, So there's very little, I think, hope on the left that the folks that are currently on city council will actually um, be different or do anything different. Even the ones that consider themselves on the left, like Antonio Brown are perpetuating this idea of public safety that includes cops on bicycles or police training and want to attribute brutality to bad apples or a bad culture of policing. Um, Even though they've been in dialogue with many activists who've explained the direct focus of policing is to subjugate black and brown bodies, is to protect capitalism and those who benefit from it. Um, So we don't have any faith in anyone who's currently on city council to actually um, respond to what it is that community needs. And so we um, are part of our campaign is to amplify that truth, to let people know what their city council members are actually voting on and how they are voting and how oftentimes their plans don't actually match the words that they say um, when they're speaking with community and to offer candidates who are running against those folks the opportunity to state um, what side they fall on um, so that we can amplify them if um, or their platform rather um, if they're you know on the right side yeah a couple months left 
election season always sucks, so we'll see how it goes. I saw polling this morning that had Kasim Reed in the lead. Which just, which, like, how do we get me, here? It hurt me so deep. It hurt me so deep. I was like, are y'all playing? Like, is how this do we joke? get back here? Yeah, if anything, here? Atlanta politics highlights that representation is not liberation. Just because you have Black people in power does not mean that they're fighting for your interests. We have to build people power such that these city council institutions become irrelevant and aren't able to actually dictate our lives. We can't rely on on individuals um, to actually speak for our interests because if they are successful, it's likely that they're tied to capitalist and moneyed interests and not community. Right, 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 right. In order, they have to play the game in order to even be sitting sitting at that table, which means exactly. like being beholden to to corporate power, to mm-hmm. to capital, etc. Yeah. It's really hard to maintain your integrity and your groundedness, even if you come out of social movements. Like right. once you enter that space, I deal with that all the time as an elected official, just like mm-hmm. not losing my way. Cause like, yeah, we got developers being like, hey, what's up? Right. We're trying to build, you know, like, et cetera. Yep. Um, yep. And so um, let's see what happened. We covered a ton of stuff already. That <laughs> didn't not take long, I'm surprised. Um, so let's see. Oh, can you speak some to the Buckhead Cityhood movement and how city council is leveraging the voices of that movement to push for cop city? Yes. So again, with this narrative of crime, crime being such a huge issue in Atlanta, talking about crime instead of talking about social issues like poverty. Um, so Buckhead is a wealthy community in North Atlanta. Um, it's home to Lenox Mall, Phipps Plaza, very bougie areas that are just meant to attract people who are very wealthy. Um, And so for decades, um, they've been living in their own enclave of rich whiteness. And um, again, due to the deprivation caused by the pandemic, there's been increased um, social crime, I guess you could call it. Whatever crime means, we, you know, capitalism defines crime, not actually, you know, what is bad for society, but there's a perception that in Mm -hmm. Buckhead, crime has increased and the white people there are upset with it. And so as city council does often, they acquiesce to the demands of what rich people want. And so they are in the process of funding this kind of additional policing unit, safety unit in Buckhead, um, and are, again, using the rhetoric around crime to justify why these additional police forces would need a place to train. Um, And that's connected directly to Cop City. So again, just relaying the same language that we hear time and time again, that poor people are causing problems and we need police officers who can stop them. Um, And despite the evidence, despite all of the, the conversations that activists have had with city council members around this issue, um, acknowledging and presenting data that more policing does not actually lower crime. Um, they refuse to listen because they know that the wealthy people want something and that's who their constituents are, no matter what district they're in. Um, Joy Shepard is in a primarily black area um, and still feels the need to acquiesce to these demands. So, mm-hmm. and I, I recall seeing um, the Atlanta, the official Atlanta City Council Twitter retweet. I think it was like Fox, C- CBS 46, Fox News, somebody, where they were talking about how Atlanta homeowners were calling for um, Cop City. 
to sort of like contrast that like the four hours of public comment they had received at the last meeting largely against Cop City like didn't count because these people were probably renters or interlopers or something like that. But this homeowner in Buckhead said that they were this this person owns property and so like they you know, have rights mm-hmm. and a voice um, was scared about crime and like the, cent- the cent- centering that uh, perspective uh, to sort of like blanket over the the very loud and broad chorus of people that were against yeah. against the measure. Um, right. And I think what's the limit test? Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> how 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 many renters does it take to equal one homeowner? Yeah, exactly. You know like, what I mean? I'm, yeah. Yeah. And the, the comment about homeowners being more active citizens than renters is just misguided um, and a way to elevate property owners um, again tend to be obviously wealthier um, whiter um, and their their desires over what the broad vast majority of residents actually want um, and we know that the city council people they wouldn't know if a homeowner or a renter called because they don't listen to our public comments <laughs> they don't even do sit there anyway. and listen. Yeah, they yeah. listen. Yeah, they've already yeah, yeah. made their minds up. Yeah, and then and then I think there was an incident where Joy Shepard, some people went to her house, correct? Because she called she, the police. And she called the police. Well, I mean, and people because she wasn't listening to the public comment in the meetings. Right. And then, if I recall correctly as well, during the public comment at a subsequent meeting, she left to hold a press conference about not being scared of protesters. Yes. Is that is that is that correct? Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. She held an entire press conference about how she wasn't scared and she was going to move forward with her plans, uh, despite the fact that she was scared enough apparently to call the police <laughs> when peaceful folks showed up to her house to demand what it is that they want, which is the whole point I thought of being an elected official was to actually um, elevate the needs of the folks that you're supposed to be representing. But city council doesn't have the same definition of democracy. So, I mean, like just given that, you know, those, these blows, these, what must feel like setbacks or what feels like being stonewalled, like what, how do you all keep moving forward? Like, does that inform a shift in tactics or strategy? Um, mm-hmm. And how do and how do you all keep the faith? Um, yeah, in the face of that kind of stonewalling, I think a major revelation um, for I think a lot of organizers here in the city is, like I said before, city council is not they're not changing their minds, right? So once you learn that lesson, it's easy to adapt to an alternative strategy. Our fight is not gonna be won through electoral politics. Um, Again, because the people who enter that space um, have already decided that they have different priorities than actually upholding what it is that residents want. And so our main mission is to build people power around these ideas, to build a collective of communities that are organized and committed to abolition, getting rid of policing, creating community-centered institutions for public safety, Um, that aren't centered around violence and retribution um, so that we can make these other institutions obsolete. And obviously we are going to have to, in the meantime, try to fight on the electoral front because that's currently how decisions are made. We we know we need currently a process to close the Atlanta City Detention Center. And that's Mm -hmm. something that the mayor will have control over. So it doesn't mean giving up on the electoral fight, but it means that our, our vision should be broader than the people who currently sit on city council so that we have enough power to supersede 
and ignore the decisions that they make in isolation outside of community. Um, and then like you, like we talked about before, we like to have community events. Like this work can be very draining, obviously, if you're not seeing the type of wins that, you know, your energy has um, poured into. And so, yeah, we have barbecues, we have community meetings. We really just want to build relationships with one another so that we can have enough sustained energy to, to keep moving. This is not something that's going to, even if we are successful in getting city council to vote no on Cop City, the fight to abolish the Atlanta Police Department is not going to be over just mm-hmm. because of that. So we're like batting down all these things that like are popping up while also trying to plan for a longer term vision for the city. Yeah. And so where where is... um. Where is Cop Where's Cop City at right now? What are y'all's plan what are y'all's next moves looking like with regards to Yes. Stopping? So we are we are in turbo mode right now um, because the the vote is on the 16th of August, currently scheduled for that. We understand that it might get pushed back again because city a lot of city council people may not want to be on the record either way because of these elections that are coming up in November, but we are prepared Mm -hmm. in the event that they decide that they do want to vote on it on the 16th. So in preparation for that, we will be having a People's Town Hall on August 5th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. at the Neighborhood Church in Candler Park. And again, that's going to be an opportunity for us to counter the fake listening session that the Atlanta Police Foundation had on the 15th. People can come out, talk about how they feel about Cop City, um, and we'll also be inviting city council members to attend. So if they choose, they can have another opportunity to hear what it is that residents actually want. We are also encouraging people to call city council members, particularly Westmoreland, Ide, Antonio Brown, Andre Dickens, Faroki, and Archibong. People um, who have previously been, cr- cr- like, how would you describe their People tendency? who are movable, whatever that means. Okay, whatever that means, yeah. <laughs> right, people who are not Joyce Shepard, who are actively championing the bill. Everybody but Joyce, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, want, call them, you know, let them know that this is not what we want. They like to pretend that there are all these other people calling them saying the opposite. Um, somehow those people are never on the record. So we're encouraging folks to um, to call them. We also have a website, stopcopcity.org, where folks can go to sign our petition. Just again, to put on the record how many people are against this. Um, you can follow Dark ATL on Instagram, where you can keep up with all of our canvassing events. We are canvassing Joy Shepherd's district this weekend. Um, and you'll get be able to get more information on the teach-in that we are planning as well um, for the, the weekend right before the vote. Also, it's important to know about the movement in Atlanta, about lessons that people can take away to other places or anything. Yeah, I mean, I would say, obviously, I think any movement for liberation, for socialism in general, abolition should be centering the most impacted um, black people, brown people, poor people. If your if your movement doesn't have anybody who meets that criteria in it, you might want to think about forming coalition. Um, this fight is going to to be long, and so um, again, it's important to build community with people that you can sustain the fight alongside. Um, and we know for Atlanta specifically that this fight is far beyond Cop City. Um, we have an entire kind of cultural and material shift that we have to make away from punitive justice away from policing um, for us to actually be safe. 
Um, and we know that folks in community know this. When we canvass, people talk about the fact that the cops have never helped them, um, that they don't feel safe around police officers. Um, and so we need to be creating alternative systems as we work to um, demolish the ones that are currently in place. And it's important for us and for our own mental health not to believe that city council is going to be the ones to help us in that fight. Um, but but rather they are currently oppositional forces and, and will be called out and treated as such. And so any of them who are listening to this, who are running for mayor or running for reelection, like, please know that we will be actively opposing you and making your campaign um, very unsuccessful if you're not on the right side here. Tell them, put them, put the fear in their hearts, man. They ain't gonna cruise. A little cruise. bit, right? They ain't gonna cruise in the office. Yeah, and the businesses so too. Maybe, yeah. Right, like all these businesses who wanna put out ads about diversity and inclusion but are behind the scenes funding Cop City, like, we're coming for you too. We see so just you. Yeah. be on notice. Be on notice. So yeah, I really appreciated Jasmine and her time, particularly, you know, as an elected official to speak with people that organize in a very different realm than I do. Like, I do believe that we can accomplish things through policy, through electoralism, obviously, because I've made it my life's work. Um, but uh, what struck me most in our conversation was her idea and the idea of many uh, about building power outside of the state of just like building strong communities, building community networks of care and of safety that so that you don't need the, the you don't need policymakers to like legislate the way your your neighborhood is kept safe or is run or resourced um and so that was dope and talking what, to her was real dope what can uh what do you think people can do to uh, help to the cause so if you're in the atlanta area uh this uh, august 7th this weekend they're going to be um canvassing um to stop Cop City from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., starting at Southside Park Trail. Um, they're also calling on people to call the Atlanta City Council. It looks like that was yesterday, so maybe not. Don't do. Maybe don't do that. Part. <laughs> maybe don't do that. But then they also, yes, yeah, so they got another canvas. Just, Let's see. Like, look them up and follow them. Yeah, so yeah. You, you can, can follow Dark ATL on Instagram and Twitter, and just kind of keep up with what they're doing. And you know, just. Uh, I think beyond getting involved in this cause, if you're not local, thinking about the intersection between uh, criminal justice and other forms of justice struggle, like, you know, environmental justice, racial justice, uh, the ways I, one of the things that I find really intriguing about this campaign, it is the way it's brought together such a diverse coalition of people who you got like Sunrise Movement on the one hand that are, and all these people that are like, I love the forest, save the forest, because they like live in Fern Gully or whatever. And the people that hate the police and they're like, yeah, like, fuck the police. And like, it's a, it's a weird, uh, it's like, a, I don't know. I think of like a duo, like a like a classic duo that that doesn't make sense coming together. Uh, the odd couple. It's like the odd couple. Yeah, yeah it's like the, I don't know who that is, but I trust you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a like show before couple. both of our times. Okay, that <laughs> sounds like it. Sounds like it indeed. I believe that. But yo, um, match oh, yeah. out to them. And then this week we were gonna have maybe a little bit of discussion about uh, hip hop addressing environmental issues since. There is that intersection within the campaign that we were discussing. However, we actually have a whole episode on the topic of like eco hip hop that we can't wait to show you. So we're going to save some of those gems 
for that week. So and stay tuned. Next week, we're going to be talking about the results of the Ohio election. Oh, my God. Nina Turner and that other lady <laughs> um, are head that to other head. Bitch. That other bitch. So, yeah, by the time you hear this, we will know who has won the Ohio 11th special election for Congress to fill Marsha Fudge's seat, which uh, I'm personally very jazzed about. We'll see who Fingers pulls crossed. it out. Fingers crossed. And then after that, we're going to have that eco rap episode for you, and we'll have a whole episode dedicated to music. What the, what the fuck were we supposed to do? We were supposed to find like a rap about Olympic shit and then also like a rap about black voters being mad at the president like i mean no, you know. we, yeah we could find them or we could rap them ourselves exactly correct the mundo joel speaking of which joel can you drop a beat please oh dope yo yo it's waiting on reparations, I admit we some misfits That one dude really oughta skip the Olympics The baby fucked around, got on everybody's shit list Biden taking too long, you really need to fix it Jump from topic to topic, out of my pocket You ain't holding my jock, you did probably drop it I'm hot doggy dog in an unknown style Make the crowd do flips like the Simone Biles Wow, I can stop, I can rock a while Throat knife on the mic, how you like me now? The ah. flora and fauna, the lustrous and nature That make up the landscape of 380 acres The same ones that came for us, tear gas and tasers. They want to erase it, bulldoze and displace it so they can erect shooting ranges. Practice their tactics that maim us. Poison the soil with lead contamination that runs through the rivers where children might play at, but we ain't gonna take it. We organize in formation. Canvas and calling and making a statement to Joyce and declare that I'm mirroring Andre that the forest is sacred and it's here to stay. Hey! <laughs> I'm Dope Knife. I'm Lingua Franca. We are waiting on reparations. See you next week. Waiting on reparations is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.